when I saw my story, he was so conscious, he was so, he could still talk. Uh, he told me, if something happens to me, take care of your mother, and she grew up to be a good person. Again, didn't really get a chance to have proper goodbyes or anything, because I, I always thought he'd recover. This is the Beyond Reasonable Doubt podcast from Mail Plus, and I'm Stephen Wright, the Daily Mail's senior crime writer. Over the next two podcasts, I'll be chatting to Marina Litvinenko, wife of the assassinated Russian defector and arch-Putin critic Alexander Litvinenko, who was poisoned and died in Britain 15 years ago. It was a murder which I covered extensively for the Daily Mail in 2006 and which has remained toxic and highly controversial ever since. Sasha, as he was known to his family and friends, had been an operational officer who served in KGB military counterintelligence and was also a former officer of the Russian Federal Security Service, FSB, specialising in tackling organised crime. After accusing his superiors of ordering the assassination of the Russian oligarch Boris Berezovsky and being arrested, he fled Russia with his family to London. In 2006, after a meeting in a central London hotel, Sasha fell ill and was hospitalised with a mystery illness. A haunting photo of him lying in bed shocked the world and it was discovered that he'd been poisoned by lethal radioactive material, polonium. Before his death, he sent a message to President Putin from his hospital bed and just days later died. This was not some random killing. This was a killing with a very clear purpose and that it was a killing with some state involvement. His wife Marina shares with me her side of the story, how events unfolded surrounding the death of her husband and what she's doing now to try to get him justice. She starts by telling me how their family came to London and why they left Russia. Nobody allowed us to left Russia. And decision what Sasha took, it was exactly to save us, his family. And this was most only to escape. Sasha did not have international passport. Russian citizens allowed to travel only using international documents. And he has a very specific plan to get out. He didn't tell it to me. He just asked Marina, you need to go for holiday. Of course, I could ask why I need to go for holiday in October. But he said, don't ask me. And I took Anatoly, asked, tell him we're going for holiday to Spain. Everybody was surprised. And we left Russia. We left. But actually, we escaped. And only when we stayed in Spain for holiday, we started to talk, we're never going to be back to Russia. Why was it that he wanted to leave or escape? What was it? that prompted that? Because it happened in 2000. And two years before, Sasha took a very serious decision to go for press conference. Now we call this whistleblower. But then I even didn't know this word. He criticized top officers of FSB in corruption, in criminality, and a lot of, a lot of bad things. And particularly about orders what they've been received from these officers 
to kidnap people, to kill people. And one name as Boris Berezovsky, it was very, very, I would say, loud to say, Mr. Berezovsky, I have ordered to kill you. It was exactly like that. And they thought, I mean, not just Sasha, it was a group of people, group of officers. If they say this openly and public attention will take maybe some investigation or anything else, but it was in 1998. It means it was already everything under control of security service, but not service who protected people, service who will need to protect people from. But he was arrested. He was charged for crime he never done, of course. They just tried to find anything in his uh, cases he worked for, something what they might find as a criminality. And he spent nine months. First case against him dropped, or he was called innocent, again, because he haven't done nothing wrong. But it was charged in another case. But he was released from prison on bail. But he knew he would be, because second case was dropped too. And they started another one. It looked like everything what we have now in modern Russia. They just need to arrest person. And after that, they will open one case, another case, third case, just not to let this person out from prison. And when Sasha had this chance to be out of prison, and when he started to receive a blackmail to address uh, to me, to our son, he realized now it's just time to get out from Russia. And when we arrived to London, it took probably maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and Sasha approached policeman and said, I'm a Russian officer from KGB, and I'm asking for political asylum. It's how we just arrived to London. After the family had settled in London, Alexander Litvinenko became a journalist and an author who published a number of books. He also joined Berezovsky in campaigning against Putin's government. It was exactly six years later, on the 1st of November in 2006, that Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned. He met with Andrei Lugovoy, a former bodyguard of a Russian ex-prime minister turned chief of security for the Russian TV channel ORT, and Dmitry Kovtun, a businessman and former KGB agent. Both have denied any wrongdoing in association of his death. Here's how that day and the killing unfolded. This couple, I mean Lugovo and Kovtun, twice tried to poison Sasha. Because polonium, radioactive polonium-210, is quite unusual weapon to kill person, and they maybe made mistake with a dose. And when Sasha was first time poisoned, it was a small dose, and he felt unwell, but he didn't die. But if it, he will not die in 23rd of November and be poisoned 1st of November, we don't know how it could damage his health. Mm-hmm. And he might die in one year, just like unexplained mm. illness. But he might probably need to be stopped immediately. He needed to be stopped very quickly. Why this was so many attempts. And 1st of November, he was poisoned very big dose of radioactivity. And when he became <laughs> extremely ill. 
that was a, a meeting at a hotel, the Millennium Hotel. So he went there, but he wasn't overly suspicious about it, obviously, else he wouldn't have gone. Um, no, he could be suspicious sure, uh, meeting these people, but you're never expecting to be poisoned radioactive. Like that. No, it hadn't happened before. No, it never. Okay. And of course, but when we talk about this after, I think when he sipped this tea, of course, he couldn't say he felt immediately it was radioactive polonium, of course. No. But he had in his mind, he is doing something wrong. He shouldn't drink this tea. He didn't know why. But it was something why he didn't drink a lot. He loves green tea. He always ordered green tea. And I prepared green tea at home. Mm. But this, he just explained to me, it was not so, it wasn't tasty. Mm. It was already not hot. Again, mm. something was wrong. And, and it was just like, why, why he did it? For the benefit of those who don't know your, your husband's story, what, what was the supposed purpose of that meeting? Uh, Lugavoy, Sasha met in the beginning of 2006. He knew Lugavoy before because Lugavoy worked for TV company. Boris Berezovsky was owner. Mm -hmm. He was the head of uh, security of this TV channel. Mm. And Sasha knew him, but they never been not friendly, not any business partner. They never been colleagues because mm. Lugavoy was from different department. He was more like uh, security. He never been uh, as an oper operative. He never being in an active work. But when they met, and I, I was here in the same meeting, it was a birthday party of Boris Berezovsky. He celebrated his 60. And this was a lot of guests from Moscow. And we were sitting in the same table, maybe because of Russian speaking. Mm -hmm. And they started to talk about what are you doing? What's your business now? And they realized they're doing very similar to this private security, all this uh, providing information. And they started to discuss they might do it together. And they agreed to meet. Uh, next time Lugavoy came to London, maybe in a few months, and they met. I've never met him after this party. And in October, it was the first time when uh, Lugavoy invited Dmitry Kovtun, and he introduced Dmitry Kovtun to Sasha. And Sasha immediately disliked him because he didn't look as a businessman. He was very rude. And Sasha said he's really strange. And the moment Kovtun was involved in the meetings with Sasha, it was attempts to poison him. I mean, this was operation for these two men. When he came home the night of November the 1st, do you remember what his remarks about how the meeting had gone? Did he talk about a strange taste with the... With the Not tooth? of course, because he did feel okay. He didn't yeah. feel no any problem, no sickness, no pain. Because 1st of November, it's quite special day for us. We always mention this 1st of November because we started our new life. We landed in London 1st of November. And this was uh, six years of anniversary. And even more, we uh, celebrated this first time as a British, British citizen because mm. we received our British citizenship. Okay. And he came from his meetings in London. I asked him just to be home not too late. We could make some dinner together because it's not every time happened when he could be mm. late. And this time we had dinner together and 
next day uh, we should wake up early because he went mm. to see, he's supposed to go to see Lugavoy mm. again. Mm-hmm. And all started at midnight. He became extremely, immediately very ill. So he woke up? Or no, he, he's just vomited. Yeah. And he couldn't stop. It was just so powerful and unbelievable. And I tried to help him just try to find solution why it might happen. If it's food poison, why nothing happened to me? I tried to talk to him. What did he eat before? Or maybe who he had meat? And this was so bad. And then he just decided to stay in the spare room because he afraid I need to wake up very early to take Anatoly to school. And he didn't want to interrupt my sleep. And when I came to see him at the morning, he said I couldn't sleep. It still be, even it was no more water inside of his stomach, but he felt so bad. And, but we still think it's something just like a seasonal flu or anything else. And when it's next night, he just asked me to call ambulance because it was very bad. He felt very bad. And I was very much worried. Sasha never asked for any help in hospital. And if he asked to call ambulance, it was really bad. But ambulance arrived. They checked Sasha and said, we don't see anything wrong. Maybe it's season flu. And a lot of people now are in hospital. Better not to take him to hospital because uh, he might catch something else, give him some water. And even they've been not even suspicious. His body temperature was very low, like a 35. But if you have a flu, it's normally higher. And Sasha complained he can't breathe. And he always asked me to open window because he need more oxygen. Did the ambulance leave then? Just leave it. How do you feel about that, looking back on it now? No, I was a little bit relieved because I thought, okay, it's still be not so bad. It's not so wrong. But next day, it became even worse. And I called to private doctor, Russian-speaking doctor, to come to see him. He finally came, and he immediately said he's not treatable for home. He needs to go to a hospital because Sasha complained about pain and doctor worried it might be uh, something like infection. He even didn't try to approach Sasha because he Mm. was worried it may be something serious. And then uh, when I called to ambulance again, second time, he was taken to hospital, to High Barnet Hospital for all health checking. And they didn't know what happened to him too. They just tried to find what happened to him. And they gave mm. it to him some antibiotics, some other medicine to stop his vomiting because he was already exhausted. After three days mm. of being like this, he was absolutely exhausted. And I thought I will take him back home after this checking. Mm. But they decided to keep him in hospital mm. to monitoring. Maybe mm. they will understand. And then when Saturday and Sunday he stayed in hospital and Monday I was ready to take him home because mm. they said we're all done. You don't know, maybe it's all fine. They realized his immune system dropped so low, almost to zero. And they couldn't explain why. Because it looked like 
maybe side effect of antibiotics. And they decide to send a message to a pharmacy who produced these antibiotics to check if it's possible to have this kind of side effects. And this was all being like a normal treatment. No any way to check Sasha for poisoning. Mm. No any way to check what is really wrong with him. Yeah. It means almost 10 days he spent time in a general unit. Yeah, yeah. General ward, yeah. Using the same facilities. Yeah. Only things was he has like a single room. He didn't share it with other people. At what stage, Marine, did he or, or you suspect his illness might be linked to that meeting for tea at the Millennium Hotel? I think he suspected from beginning, but he didn't know how is it badly, and he didn't deadly. He didn't know this. He believed he will recover, and he wanted Lugovoy to come to London, and he wanted to investigate this case himself. He believed he was damaged, but not to poison to die. And oh. this was still discussion. Lugovoy is coming to UK, and it might have meeting. And this was his strategy, not to make noise before these people mm. will suspect. Mm. Because his, you know, as that month progressed, you know, his his health obviously declined and declined. And there was a a picture which he was happy to be released, wasn't it, of him in his hospital bed, which became in a very famous, yes. in very tragic circumstances picture. How near to his death was that picture taken? That he looked days. very gravely ill then, wasn't he? Uh, yes, it was taken three days before. And when it was discussion to take these pictures, I was really against because I was believing he will recover. And seeing him like this, of course, it wasn't the best picture. And Sasha said, we should do this because people must know how this, he blamed this organization, he blamed Putin might just torture people, kill people. He wanted to give this example to the world, mm. how it does look. Because it was unprecedented. Sounds, even, even in your own words, very James Bond, but it happened. I just wonder how seriously the police took it, how seriously Scotland Yard took it initially, the possibility that he had been poisoned deliberately. This slightly before uh, Scotland Yard been involved, Local police started this because when Sasha started to show all signs of radioactive illness without any explanation why, and some doctors said he looks like a patient from chemotherapy, but he didn't have no chemotherapy. And this is, was a lot of questions. Why? Why he looks like? And when they've been checked for radiation, but this was a detector for gamma radiation, gamma radiation. And it didn't show anything because it was not harm radiation. And everything was more questions than answers. And they decided to send his uh, blood for testing for possibility of being poisoned. And this result, first time in 12 days they did it. Not before. Even Sasha asked about this. And it was shown he has thallium in his blood. And this is how local police was involved to this investigation. And at the same time, it was decision to transform Sasha to a university college hospital. And when first time people from Scotland Yard 
been involved. So I think it was the anti-terror branch, anti-terrorist Not yet, branch. not yet. They came involved not, later, didn't a, they? It started with homicide, just like this one, not anti-terrorist. That was later. It's all later. Yeah. Again, all these cases developed from stage by stage. stage. Yeah. Because it wasn't known from beginning. And even now, when we're talking about radioactive Polonia, but even then, nobody knows this is radioactivity, polonium-210. Only after Sasha's death, yeah. it became known what is a substance. The story of Alexander Litvinenko's death made headlines around the globe. It was a truly shocking case. I recall very clearly being contacted by a very senior anti-terror officer late at night, who told me, before there was an official announcement, that tests had revealed that the Russian defector had been poisoned with radioactive material. He was a highly experienced officer, but I could sense the astonishment in his voice. Like every mother, Marina wanted to shield her son from the news surrounding her husband's death, but she hasn't been deterred from fighting for his memory and justice. Everybody has their own way to grieve. We don't have no standard. Somebody needs to isolate, somebody don't want to see nobody, and they want just to be their own. Yes, I did not have this for me, but maybe I even didn't like it. Because first question what I received from our son, Anatoly, Mommy, are you going to be in depression? It was just like a call to wake up. I said, no, Anatoly, I'm not going to be in depression. I just have no right for this because I'm with you and we're still alive and we need to fight for memory of your father and our lovely Sasha. So right from the very start, you were determined to shield your son from seeing any depression or any thoughts you had. Your efforts were towards getting justice and obviously looking after your son as well. When Sasha was alive and he was in hospital and it was first time proposal for interview. And I said, no, I'm not going to give any interview, nobody, because I was not a public figure and I wasn't sure people will be happy to talk to us. <laughs> and Sasha then said, Marina, please, you should talk. You need to tell to everybody for what happened to us and everybody need to know this. And this was like his will. And I couldn't reject after he died, saying, no, 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 I don't want to talk about this. I'm just so tired and just let me alone. Mm. It was my promise to Sasha. Because he was in no doubt, wasn't he, that he had been targeted. You know, we'll talk about that in more detail later, but he was in no doubt, wasn't he, that he was targeted. Yes, and his last statement, it's proved. And when he said directly, Mr. Putin, you killed me, it was like his opinion, and it was his verdict. You've been listening to the Beyond Reasonable Doubt podcast from Mail Plus with me, Stephen Wright. Join me next week for the second part of this conversation with Marina Litvinenko as she talks more about her husband, Sasha, his horrific assassination, and what she's been doing to bring justice for him.